Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we're studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 14. Here's Pastor Ryan. On them and training them up in the love and admonition of the Lord, but I've been, you know, treating them wrong. Whatever it, maybe husbands and wives, you're not being affectionate, you're not looking in each other's eyes, you're not caring for each other. Maybe you're single here, and you're just not being holy. You're not being usable for the Lord. You're not giving them your all. It's time to make some reforms. I think that's the story of our lives, really. We are being reformed and transformed into the image of the Lord. Christianity is the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's the best thing that ever happened to you. We need to rejoice always in the Lord. Sit at his right hand. And whatever changes need to be made, make them, Lord. Proverbs 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so here Asa has all of this peace. For 10 years, he has peace. And when we make these reforms, you have peace. Your conscience is clean. Your heart is stronger. There's something that, that, that happens when we get rid of junk and, or when you acknowledge and look in the mirror and say, this has to change about my attitude. Man, you get invigorated. You get, you know, the Holy Spirit can anoint that. Holy Spirit cannot anoint us. And I mean, baptize us with strength and all the blessings that he gives us, the joy, the peace. He cannot baptize us. If we're not willing to reform the things that God has clearly pointed out in his word that we are not to do. And that says here, in verse 6, or in verse 5, or verse 6 actually, And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make walls around them and towers and gates and bars and so on and so forth. And he also built up an army. Asa gets on this building project as the reforms were being completed. It's like, and it's true, like a Christian's life be, you, you, Christ, I mean, we begin to gain ground. We begin to grow and mature, and God begins to build our lives when we're open to the reforms that need to be done in our lives. We become stagnant. Nothing's being built. There's no real fruit. There's no real evidence of movement of, or building when we're not, because God might be saying to you and me, reform, change some things, because I want to build, because Jesus is a master builder. Is he not? You remember what he said concerning his word. 
he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him to a man who build his house on a rock. The winds came, the storms came, the, the, the floods came, and that house stood. I think of that verse in Jeremiah that so many of us have found so much encouragement from, Jeremiah 29, 11. In Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. It, it, it's a promise and a blessing from the Lord, but it speaks to the ones that would seek him with all of their heart. And before the building began, it says here in verse 4 that he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, and to observe the law and the commandment, right? So before the building came, he commanded Judah, he commanded the people to seek the Lord and then to observe his ways, to seek him. And how do we seek the Lord? And if we're going to make reforms, it begins by seeking the Lord. And how do we seek him? It's through sincere prayer. It's through sincere time with God in just going to a quiet place and praying and not leaving until you hear from God. Prayer isn't just some religious kind of exercise that people do. It is us communing, uh, communing with God, communicating with Him, letting God minister to us, letting God uh, change us, letting God reform us, letting God comfort us, letting God strengthen us, letting God fill us with joy, letting God fill us with hope, faith, and love. That's what prayer is. It's all about pouring out our problems to him, for he cares for us, and then receiving all of the attributes that are there for the taking for his children. The love, the peace, the hope, the joy, the courage. We cannot be cowards and be, and be afraid to change. There are many who are still afraid of, of people. The fear of man is a snare. Some people are afraid to change because they're afraid what their family and friends might say. You know what Jesus said concerning that? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words. I will be ashamed of them. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Seek him. Seek him. And you can hold on to Jeremiah 11 as your own word from the Lord. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. And then he tells them also 
to observe the law and the commandment. So it's not enough just to seek the Lord. There are many who seek the Lord, but then come back from that meeting with God and seeking him, and, and they don't do anything. We don't want to be that either. That's why he said, seek the Lord, the God of your fathers. But then he also said, observe his commandments. Observe means to do. Do what he says now. It's not enough just to meet. I've met with the Lord. Well, okay, good. Now what? I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Well, okay, but now what? Many have confessed him in churches, right, around the world, uh, throughout history, have given their lives to Jesus. But then is there a fruit of actual doing something and changing? You see, our works demonstrate that we have faith in God. And our lack of works demonstrate that it's not so good, not so strong. We have to observe what he says. We have to live his word out and bear fruit of it to show that we are truly Christians, that we truly belong to him. It's not enough just to seek him. We must do what he says. James says it in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. He says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. We got to do something for the Lord. Our faith should be proven by our changed lives and our willingness to do and observe his words. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, the Lord says, therefore, by their fruits, you will what? You will know them. I've said it before, if there was, a, before I used to say, if there was a GoPro camera on you 24 hours a day. But now I'll say, if there was a drone on you 24, it'd be scary. But if, really, if there was a camera on us all the time, you know, would they, would people be able to tell that we belong to Jesus, or would we, or would we be like everyone else in the world, as the camera follows us around and they watch our little lives? Would would the camera catch us spending time in prayer? Would the camera catch us spending time in His Word? Would the camera catch us being gentle and kind and loving? Would the camera catch us being um, passionate and zealous of of what God has done for us? And, and would the camera catch us sharing our faith with others? Faith. By faith we get saved, and it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. But if we are truly saved, there will be works that come afterwards. And many are lacking. I would say to you, seek the Lord and observe his word. Seek and observe. Means to do. James 2, 18 through 20 says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is a God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. 
But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Pray about it. Before there can be the building, there needs to be reforms. Right? There needs to be reforms. But the moment we make those reforms, the moment we're willing to change and let God change us, God changes us, doesn't he? He molds us and shapes us and, uh, you know, he, he tests the hearts. What does it mean But that he tests the hearts other than he's trying to mold us and shape us to be more like Jesus? And usually it takes trials, right? No? Yes? Maybe so? Hello, hello. <laughs> Am I all alone? All right. Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah who carried shields and spears, and from Benjamin, 280,000 men who carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. So that's about uh, 580,000, and all of them were mighty men of valor. Then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, and he came to Meresha, which was about 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem, so not far from the capital, right? And so can you, you can imagine, 20 miles. So Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephathah at uh, Marisha. And and so, you know, this blesses me to, to no end. I mean, Asa goes out. He goes out with half the amount of soldiers. What a man. You know what I mean? What a man. What a man of God. What a, what a courageous thing to do. He is, he is one that, that has made reforms. He is one that God has led to, to fortify, to build up. God is blessing him. God is with him because of these changes. And so there's this confidence in Asa that when the battle comes, he's not going to be panicked. He's not going to stress or worry because his life is built on the rock. And so here comes the storm. And what does he do? He goes out to meet that storm. Goes out to meet it. That's what God is trying to build in us. That kind of faith that comes from reforms and letting Christ build us up daily in his word and in prayer and in fellowship and rejoicing. You know, my aunt in El Salvador, Clarissa's aunt, she sang a song that I never heard, and she said, every party needs a party pooper, a party pooper, a party pooper. And then she points at me, and she goes, that's why we invited you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm from the hood, so, you know, I've never heard that one before. And uh, it was good. It made me laugh. We need to have fun in the Lord. Wholesome, holy fun. Don't forget to enjoy the fruit of your labor. He's trying to build this in us, where a storm comes and we're going to be fine. 
Sweet Hills, you know you're going to be fine. You walk with God. You know him. You're going to be fine. No matter, 10,000 will fall at your side, and you'll just watch it. That's what we have to be in these dark and last days. So this guy comes out, and so Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephathah at Maresha. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. And in your name we go against this multitude, O Lord. You are our God. Do not let man prevail against us. No. Don't let them prevail against you. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a child of God. It's not me they're messing with. It's not me they have a problem with. They have a problem with my Father in heaven and his word. That's the confidence of a child who knows who his father is, and that's how we need to be. They're not coming against me. They're coming against you. But what a, a beautiful verse. What a beautiful line. You know, it, you know, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no help, like no power. God can do amazing things with very few people. And you know what faith really is? Faith is that, right? Faith is the... Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, small things. Few in number. That's who we are. Too many Christians are caught up in, you know, the numbers game. Like, well, how many of us think it's right, and how many of us think it's wrong, or how many of them out in the world, or how many, uh, you know, you know, what's the size of our people versus the size of the world, or the size of a different religion versus Christianity? Well, nobody knows the numbers, but it's but we're, we should be outnumbered according to Scripture. Jesus said, narrow. And difficult is the path that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Why? Because it's difficult. Nobody wants to die to themselves. So the other religions of the world are going to grow and be massive in comparison to the true Christians. Somos pocos, pero locos. That's what we used to say. We're small, but we're crazy. We're small, but we have a big God. We're small, but we have a big God. We've come to this point where we can walk in and see a few people on a Sunday, see a few people on a Wednesday, see a few of us, but we know, oh no, this ain't all of us. God has, you know, 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And, you know, we don't go by what we see. We go by what is, and what is is our God is awesome. And he can save by many, or he can save by those who have no power. So 
So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled, and Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerer, which is another 20 miles southwest of that. So the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. That's what we are. We're his army. And they carried away very much spoil, then they defeated all the cities around Gerer, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they plundered all the cities, for there was exceedingly much spoil in them. Now, guys, the remember the 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 treasuries were were uh, stolen, in uh, you know, with Esau's father. The treasuries, I mean, they were down, right? They were paying tribute to Egypt, and there was all. You know, they took the golden shields and they, they just took all of this loot from the Lord's house. But God is so awesome. He can, he can bring all, all of it back in one afternoon. One afternoon after, one afternoon, they got it back. Man, if I can tell you the miracles that I've seen. God can truly do things in one moment that it would take man 50 years to to do. It's unbelievable. They also attacked the livestock enclosures and carried off sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. And so God blessed. Why did he bless them? Because Esau did what was good and right before the Lord. I said, God is a master builder, and he is. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, as Zechariah was going to build the temple of the Lord, rebuild it, the angel came to Zerubbabel and said to him in Zechariah 4.10, For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven Rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. God was watching Zechariah, was watching this plumb line in his hand, the leveler of the day, right? It's a, le- it's a building construction tool, the plumb line in his hand, and God rejoiced to see it in his hand. And Zechariah would see the temple be built. The angel showed him the temple and the two olive trees and the oil and how it ran towards the temple and asked him in in Zechariah 4, 5, and 7, the angel of the Lord talked with me and answered and said to me, do you know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. And so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And then the angel says to the mountain, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. In other words, the building would be accomplished by the hand of Zechariah, Zerubbabel. So much so that it's like he was going to flatten out the mountain and make it into a plain. And when it's complete, there will be a shout, shouts of grace. Grace to it, 
grace to it, to your life and my life, the plumb line is in the hand of the Lord. He's the master builder, the leveler. And he is building in you and building in me something that he promises to complete until the day of Christ Jesus. But we have to be ready for reforms within ourselves and our families and our homes and our churches. And uh, we need to seek him. We need to observe his word, not just come to a Bible study, but actually change and serve him. And then what else are we to do? Take courage and fight the enemy. Lord, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We ask your blessing upon this word to our hearts that it would bear much fruit. Lord, change us with it. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.